We all have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be here with a good friend. I've gotten to know him over a number of years, just at a friendship level, been in men's group together. But I've been so impressed with who he is and the company he's built. And so I thought it'd be a good idea to just talk about some leadership attributes and, and talk about his story. So let's start there, John. Sure. So this is John Barker. Tell him about who you are and your company. Sure. Yeah, um, born and raised in Sioux City. So I grew up in Sioux City, kind of the American story. I mean, so great-grandparents on my mom's side, first-generation uh, Americans. So, I mean, we have the immigrant background, uh, blue-collar background. So grew up in a family with love and support, but very little economic means, which means I learned how to work and I learned the value of money. Um, so for me, I football was kind of my jam growing up. Uh, mm -hmm. I started playing football. I was good at football. Football was a ticket for me to college. I got, had a full ride scholarship, played football at the University of South Dakota, uh, met my wife Jenna there our sophomore year. So uh, really thankful for that. And then we moved to New York City after I graduated. I studied finance. Um, I went down the CFA track, which is a kind of a three or four year postgraduate program. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to work on Wall Street. I thought, well, I grew up, I had this financial background, I understand numbers, I was good with people. I just assumed Wall Street would be a good place for me. So with my background of blue collar, Sioux City kid, went to USD, that pedigree doesn't necessarily you know, jump out at Wall Street, right? So <laughs> yeah. we started out and uh, it was an uphill battle. I mean, just getting in and grinding um, a lot of people, you know, nice conversations but yeah we're looking at you know Yale and Ivy League kids not necessarily South Dakota kids so I did a lot of coffee meetings um, met a lot of people finally got an in uh, worked at Royal Bank of Scotland in the research division there um, so living in New York City was a great great experience um, mm -hmm. especially being a Midwest kid I mm -hmm. was just I loved the ability to learn and meet new people from all different places mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun so we were out there about five years. My, uh, we had our daughter, our first daughter, Bryn, and Jenna said, uh, we're moving back home, South Carolina. <laughs> I can hear Jenna saying that. She did. It wasn't an option. It was yeah, like, yeah. are you coming? I'm leaving. Yeah. So I said, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll look at Sioux Falls for, for opportunities. I did. Um, I looked at various options here. I couldn't find anything that actually fit my skill set of what mm -hmm. I wanted to do. And I met this guy named Terry Elgathan, running a small investment shop, kind of the Buffett mentality, which I was attracted to. Mm -hmm, so this mm -hmm. Buffett mindset around value investing. So him and I hit it off and we moved back here in 2011. So mm -hmm. we, we dated for about a year, figured out we'd be a good fit, moved back in 2011. And uh, about a year later, he passed away. So you and I were doing life together at the time, yeah. a little bit. and. I think I was here for 14 months. Terry passed away. We're in the wealth management business. I hadn't met half the clients. We have mm -hmm. clients kind of scattered about. Um, so my choice was buy the business uh, from Terry's estate or move back to New York. 
And I talked to Jenna and she said, we're buying the business. You're not, we're not going back to New York. Forget about it. Mm -hmm. So we did. And um, that was a little over 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was 2012. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've bought the business now. We have two other kids, so three kids total. Mm -hmm. And I've uh, been married for about 15 years. Awesome. Yeah. So I got two questions based on your story. First off, my picture of Wall Street is what I see in the movies. Yeah. Is it really like that? <laughs> it's kind of it's funny because uh, I had this epiphany when... Uh, I, I finally got on the trading floor and it was, yeah, in this case, it's the second biggest trading floor in North America. It's like, you know, several football fields wow. and you're just thinking like, Hey, I've, I've, I've kind of made it. I've gotten there. And then I started kind of meeting the people and I'm like, why, why is everyone so grumpy? Like, why is everyone so frustrated and depressed? And I, I had this epiphany, like these people are making a ton of money, but they're not happy. Mm. And I just remember that, that sat with me like, whoa. I mean, it just hit me like a ton of bricks because I had worked so hard to get in. I never really thought about it. Are these people actually enjoying what they're doing? Mm -hmm. So, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the, there's an allure about it. Mm -hmm. I think on the inside, you give up a lot to work 90 hours a week. Yeah. Like everything, your yeah. life, your family, your hobbies. Mm -hmm. So that's, I saw that side of it. And right. it, scared, it actually scared me. Okay, so that's tails right into my next question you said a buffett style firm or or, or mentality yeah. talk about your firm in what that mentality looks like yeah so buffett style mentality if i'm sure you guys are familiar with warren buffett but it's this idea of it's an investment mindset of mm -hmm. uh, how you invest what the types of assets you own uh, and your approach to the markets. So we, you know, we've deployed that. What I'll say is over the last 10 plus years, what we've realized is we have to deploy a really good investment strategy. But what we realized is for working with our families, we really need to provide a family office. So we've really shifted from providing good investments, which everyone has to do, mm -hmm. to providing really holistic advice on someone's entire balance sheet. So that's been our evolution over the last decade plus is going from really thinking about the best, highest, you know, yielding investments to your complete picture, including your business, including your real estate mm -hmm. holdings. So we've we've done a lot more of that. But the, the Buffett mentality is basically focused on cash flow assets. Mm -hmm. So we invest in things that produce cash flow. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. But uh, but but important. Right. So with that pedigree and what you've seen from growing up in Sioux City, going and playing football, going to New York, mm -hmm. coming back, buying a business under a state of duress, yeah, yeah. the clients you get to work with, you've met some amazing leaders yeah. along the way. And what would you say are the top or key attributes from your perspective mm -hmm of great leaders what are the, those attributes yeah i mean you said it well because i i get a chance to see you know the biggest business leaders in the midwest in a lot of cases and i get to work with these guys and i get to know and understand them on a deep level uh so just doing that helps make me a better leader mm -hmm. but when i think about real leadership i think about someone who makes other people around them better 
-hmm. When I think about uh, great leaders, and you've probably read the Bob Buford halftime mm -hmm. book, I think we all have, mm -hmm. but success is significance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, great performers are successful, mm -hmm. but going from you being successful on your own terms to making other people successful, to me, mm -hmm. that's a great leader. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a coach, someone who's mm -hmm. confident enough in their ability. They've, they're, they're confident and they're capable, but they don't have to make it about them. Mm -hmm. They can make it about you. So I think about humility. Yep. I think about servant leadership. Mm -hmm. Someone who says, you know what, how can we make you better? How can we build this team better? Mm -hmm. um, I think about risk taking. You know, great leaders take risk. Yeah. So I see so many leaders today that are afraid to come out, and we think about it in the social or political angle, but I'm talking about any kind of risk, just conviction-based risk. Hey, mm -hmm. I have a conviction, I'm gonna take a risk. Yeah. So it kinda, it's kinda interesting because I think, I think from the outside looking in, you think great leaders have all the answers. Yeah. They know it all, they're so confident. On the inside, you realize there's lots of ambiguity. There's all yeah. sorts of uncertainty. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. Maybe we're 60% confident here, right, 40% right. over here. Yeah. So just having the humility to say, hey, we don't know. Let's mm -hmm. seek out and get some help. So that takes a lot of humility, mm -hmm. um, servant leadership, perseverance. You all, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. we all know if you're going to be a leader, you're going to fail. Yeah. And the harder things you try to accomplish, the more likelihood failure is. Right. It's just the reality. So yeah. I don't know any great leaders who don't have a trail of failures behind them, a trail. Right. And in fact, if I if I talk to someone and they haven't failed, I would be really surprised if they're a great leader. Right, right. Because I don't think you can have one without the other. Yeah. So those yeah. are a couple attributes, I think. Yeah, so that's those, those are brilliant. Yeah, and I think you're so right. I think humility, perseverance, servant leadership, all just wonderful attributes. Risk-taking. That's one that we probably don't talk about enough, right? Yeah, yeah. We always talk about once they've made it. Yeah. But we don't talk about what it took to get there. Yeah. So who are some people that you've come alongside you to help mentor you, people you've read about, even people you get to serve today that have really helped you in your own leadership? Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of things. One, I, mean, I think I, I'd have to start with Jesus as an incredible leader. Mm -hmm. I mean, so someone who 2,000 years later still has 3 billion followers. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you yeah. just think about that? Yeah. 3 billion people that it would say associate with, I'm a Christ follower today, yeah. 2,000 after, 2,000 years after he's gone. So in my mind, I, I mean, I, I would list Jesus as number one leader. Mm -hmm. And interesting to me is he didn't have any resources, right? Right. <laughs> Financial leadership. Right. He didn't have this business platform mm -hmm. or you know he wasn't uh, royalty so that kind of goes to show you that you, you don't have to have a ton of material wealth to be a leader mm -hmm. right right it's a good example uh, and then I think about people like you know Ben Franklin yeah. huge fan of Ben Franklin yeah, uh, yeah. George Washington mm -hmm. uh, Abe Lincoln so in my mind these are people who served right mm -hmm. they were great leaders they were successful on their own but they spent a lot of time serving. Right. Um, Winston Churchill, Super Bowl, yeah. took lots of risks, yep. you know, served. Uh, John Wooden as an awesome coach. Yep. I think about him as an incredible leader. 
Um, so these are the guys that I, I, I would say impact in my life, even though I've never met them. Right. Buffett would be another one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spent I a wonder if you're going to bring him up. Yeah. Spent, I mean, I've spent so much time learning and listening to Buffett. I have met Warren before, but, you know, it's not like we're close acquaintances or anything. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd say people around me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're one of those guys, Nate, our life group. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a group of, you know, eight guys that are all peers that can get together and talk about and bounce ideas. Mm-hmm. So much experience in that group. Mm-hmm. And if somebody mm-hmm. has a problem, chances are one or two or five of us have already gone through it, Yeah, can talk about it. Yeah. So I think a lot of that's just putting, you know, in this case, putting people around you that you trust right. and can be transparent with. So a lot of dead leaders I, you know, I have learned a lot from, yeah. guys that are, are gone. But I'd say today it's people like that and then clients. I mean, I have several clients I get to, I get to learn from and mm-hmm. really do life with. It's a mm-hmm. big advantage of my work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears. Um, when I get to interview leaders, I found that many leaders have routines. Sometimes they don't even know it's a routine. Yeah. But there's a routine that they have found that helps them as they're leading themselves and leading other people. So talk to me about your routine. Yeah, sure. I found the same thing. Um, so mornings are a time that I get up and I'll do my devotion prayer time and, and just really quiet kind of introspection. And I guess perspective comes to mind. Like, why do I do that perspective? It, it's a challenge because I'm wired kind of like you I have a lot of energy so in mm-hmm. the mornings I'm not I'm not dragging I'm ready to go but right. I have to sit myself down to take time I started doing that uh, I think right after I bought the business and I, I realized for the first time in my life I couldn't do something just by sheer will right right like athletics are one thing or grades or whatever yeah. I was like oh, I can figure this out but I, I realized for probably for the first time in my life that I really needed to rely on God. Before mm-hmm. I kind of, he was there. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't always realize I needed him. So mm-hmm. that that's an exercise for me that's been really, really valuable. And I journal every day. So I'll write mm-hmm. in my journal thoughts, ideas, perspectives. I have about five journal books in that box over there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully my kids will want them someday. They'll probably burn mm-hmm. them. We'll see yeah. what happens. Uh, so journaling is one. And then my day just allows for lots of reading. Mm-hmm. So I read a lot. Um, I read on businesses we own. I read on real estate stuff we're invested in. Um, I write. I get my thoughts out. So uh, really important to me. I because I read and think a lot. Getting thoughts on paper is important to me. Mm-hmm. So I really believe writing is is valuable. Uh, try to get a daily exercise in and sweat. Mm-hmm. That's really valuable to me. And then uh, getting family time in. It's kind of like I, I kind of start my day and end my day with some perspective. Like business in between, mm-hmm. but kind of perspective on both sides of faith and family. Because mm-hmm. I feel like no matter what happens at work, I can come home and hang out with my kids. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't care. And they mm-hmm. don't know. And we can have a good mm-hmm. night regardless. So I'd say those are some of my core routines. Mm-hmm. And I want to pull a few of those parts. I don't want you to miss them. Because even as you tell inspires me Mm. i've journaled in the past but i don't do it consistently and i think when i hear about people that journal they're they have the discipline to take the time to think yeah and so what you're you've been good about disciplining yourself to take the time to read think write 
which is so critical. Yeah. Especially, I think, as we develop ourselves as leaders, we have to make time to think versus just get up and grind. That's right. Get up and just get into the, the in our email and start checking things off. Yeah. We have to take the time to think. It's a discipline. It really yeah. is because you think about reading as an example, and you think about the compounding impact of learning, right? So yeah. everything compounds, like learning yeah. compounds. You're of course, the finance guy's going to talk about compounds. <laughs> I cannot the wealth guy. talk about the eighth <laughs> world wonder. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but the reality is it does compound. Yeah. But like totally. if you miss one day of reading, you don't notice. You've missed two or three days, you don't notice. A week, a month, a year. So what happens is because you don't get instant gratification, mm -hmm. it's very deferred. Reading's very deferred. Yep, you're so right. But if you think about 10 years or 20 years of reading, what you compound, how right. quickly you understand things. And writing's kind of the same way. Like if you don't get if you have thoughts in your mind that you can't articulate, yeah. you really can't objectively measure those. Right. So in, in our business, yeah. you know, think about we're we're putting, we manage about a billion dollars. We're making investments of five, 10, $20 million investments all the time. And we're, we're measuring, analyzing, and then sometimes we're wrong. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't clearly articulate what our thesis was going in, right. how do we know if we're wrong? Right. So writing, writing is just kind of force in our world. Writing, yeah. reading, thinking. Yeah. So I'm really fortunate that I have a business that really forces some of those disciplines. Yeah. If I was digging ditches, yeah, I'm not sure I'd be journaling and, and reading and writing as much. I probably wouldn't be. Yeah, but I think it's. I mean, I love how you just said it. Writing, thinking, reading. Yeah, it's a great discipline. Yeah. Okay, so for the listeners, and we'll end on this, John. Is you know, many people will say, "Well, I want to be a better leader. I don't see myself as a leader." What, how do they start? What advice would you give them to start on their leadership path? Yeah. Well, I think first of all, um, I, would, I would think about the intersection of what are you passionate about? Like if you really sat down and said, this is what I care about. Because I think it's hard, it's hard to kind of peel back the onion if you don't understand you know, kind of your core mission here. Mm -hmm. But what are you passionate about? What are you called to do, do you think? Mm -hmm. um, and then purpose. What's the purpose of what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I, I think a lot about just aligning your life. I think we all live, and I, I've lived here before, where you have this bifurcated life, right? Mm -hmm. Here's my work life. Here's my home life. Here's my community life. Here's my church life. But they don't roll together. So I think aligning mm. your your purpose is critical. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think, you know, perseverance. We talked about, you know, the likelihood of failure. Yeah. Failure is okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean we should aim for it, but it just means it's a result of doing difficult things. Right. So you're right. going to have failure if you're trying to do difficult things. I think, right. I think what happens a lot, Nathan, is schools... Think about it. It's get, a, get a grade, get a good grade, get yeah. an A, don't get yeah. anything wrong. Yeah. You get in the real world, it's like, you know, failures. How do you handle that? I've never got it. I've only got, you know, gotten straight A's my yeah. whole life. So the reality is, like, it's okay to fail. Yeah. You don't want to have the same failures over and over again, but perseverance is huge. So I'd say, you know, purpose, aligning your purpose, finding your passion, your calling, perseverance. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I think perspective, like mm -hmm. circle of competence. Like, mm -hmm. what are you good at? Right. And then how do you grow that? If mm. you're not good at something, you know, either you have to either work at it yeah. or find someone else to do it. I think a lot of times yeah. leaders, they want to be good at everything. Yeah. I'd rather say, 
be really, really excellent at this. Right. And if you suck at that, hire somebody, hire somebody else for it. I mean, yeah. Don't try to become moderate at everything right. or mediocre. Right. So those are that's four P's. Yeah. You yeah. know, I love them. I think that's that's my advice. I love them. So great stuff. Uh, a ton of nuggets in there just of the attributes that John laid out for us on what a great leader are, some of the people that he laid out. I'd go read about some of them, some of the very people he said are some of my favorite people as well. And then just find a routine. I mean, I love your routine of thinking, writing, and reading. Just taking that time to do that. And then the four Ps. So thank you. Appreciate you. you. And thanks for making this time. That was fun. Thanks. Yes, You can find more thoughts on how to move beyond bricks at drnathanunruh.com.